there are two primary mindsets that people have. We either have a fixed mindset, which is we are who we are and we're just the same person, or we have a growth mindset, which is we are who we are today and tomorrow might be a different concept. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. What separates sales performers from the top sales leaders in their company? What if I told you that mindset is foundational to sales success? Why is it so important for a salesperson's career? This has the power to drive or destroy what you're building. While there can be a love-hate relationship with sales, far too many look at their sales career as a roller coaster instead of an adventure. Today, we are joined by a good friend of mine, Michael Hammerberger. He's the founder of Sales Therapy, where he provides coaching for sales professionals, helping them to crush their goals and find success. Before I bring Michael on, I want to share this illustration. It's a tale of two shoe salesmen scoping an island and reporting back the findings to the company. And one came back with a report that said, there's no potential here. These guys don't like wearing shoes. The second salesperson returned and said, send all the shoes you have. These people aren't wearing shoes. So one saw it as a sales opportunity, the other did not. And the difference to me lies in the mindset and the attitude you have towards your career. Michael, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. How are you? Thank you, David and Dan. Nice to meet you guys. And thank you for having me on. This is Danny. And from time to time, as David and I are speaking, we'll make sure we let our audience know which twin is actually speaking. So the Merriam-Webster defines mindset primarily as a mental attitude of inclination and secondarily as a fixed state of mind. How would you define mindset as it pertains to sales professionals and why is mindset so important? There's a book out there I'd highly recommend for everybody to read, written by somebody named Carol Dweck. It's called Mindset. And to sum up the book, because it's very easy to sum it up in 15 minutes or less, is that there are two primary mindsets that people have. We either have a fixed mindset, which is we are who we are, and we're just the same person, or we have a growth mindset, which is we are who we are today and tomorrow might be a different concept. And part of it is inborn and part of it is the way we were born. So for example, a person comes home and they scored a hundred on their math test. And she says that there's two responses to that thing. Most people say, you are fantastic because you did so well on your test. Wow, you're so smart. And the ingrained, the unconscious message for a child who hears that they're smart, which is a positive message, is that because I knew the answer is I'm smart, not because I worked hard, not because of how much studying I did. It's because of what I already knew. So if the child did work hard, 
then it it's fine. But for me, as an example, I was very good at math until like fifth or sixth grade when it got hard. I didn't have to study at all. So the message in this, in a sense was, I am smart. I know math. But the minute I stopped knowing it, then the perception changed and the mindset changed. It was, oh, I guess I don't know math. I guess I'm not very smart. So mindset go drives through everything in life and not just in sales, but across every industry we can think of. Michael, this is David. I appreciate you sharing that. There is a huge difference between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And it is true. There are some factors that contribute to how we are shaped, whether you want to call it our DNA. But the reality of it is that we have to fight through those conditions, those situations, and end up having what we call a mindset that can prepare us for success and regardless of what field you're in. I want to ask you about potential blockers. And the reason why this comes up, you and I have been friends for a while now. We've gone to trainings together. We've been, we've had some in-depth conversations. And one of the things that comes up is blockers. What are some mental blockers that sales leaders have? Because for those that have that uh, fixed mindset, there is a limiting belief. There, there is that sense of, I can't get beyond this, or I know I'm going to hit this, this roadblock, so I can't overcome that. But from your perspective, what are some of the other roadblocks or mental blockers that you hear from sales leaders or professionals out there? That's a great question, David. Um, people have, unlike other professions, and I can't speak for other professions that I've never been a part of, but a lot of it's mostly the same day by day, more or less. With sales, it's a lot of rejections, a lot of very low peaks and very high valleys. So we might come in and one of my first sales jobs that I had was on literally the first day, like the second call I ever made, I got, I, I, I uh, hit a meeting and I was like, oh my God, sales is so easy. I'm so freaking good at sales. Like second, I knocked it out of the park. And then I went like three weeks without another decent phone call, like hundreds of calls and strike out, strike out, strike out, strike. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not very good. So it's, coming in after a blown lead or a blown call. And then all of a sudden we're feeling down and now we're just not in it anymore. And now we're like, how am I supposed to pick up the phone again and hear another no, or go through another three hours of 150 calls or whatever it is that we're doing. And that's the, that's really where the difference between the high performers and the low performers are because everybody goes through no, I've heard this before and, I have no reason to doubt its accuracy, but even the very, very best sales calls are hitting maybe 4% of the time on a cold call. So that's 96 out of 100. They're not getting through. Either the person's not there or it's just not a good fit. So imagine going through 96% failure and continuing through. It's really hard to do. So it all depends on that mindset because if our expectation is that I'm good at this, I should be hitting everything then it's going to be a very long road and it's not going to last very long, but it's going to be very painful and difficult for you. Wow. This is Danny. And I, there, while you are telling me this, I have to at many times because we, we actually mentor a lot of leadership and a lot of the VPs, directors, and even sales managers that we mentor, we have to remind them that it's a very low percentage game. And one of the things we tell them is that, uh, you like baseball? I love baseball. We all love baseball. Well, let me ask you a question. If you got 30% on a math test, how would you feel? Oh, man, that's horrible. I'm doing really bad. I said, did you know that 30% in baseball is considered one of the top hitters in baseball? And those guys make $50 million a year. 
You're a Hall of Famer. Exactly, they're Hall of Famer, right? They're they're up there, and you you think about that, and it changes your perspective. And that's the same way with sales. I really appreciate you bringing that up. I also appreciate you bring it up how you were really good at math until it became challenging. There was a educator that said, it was, I think his name was uh, David Yeager, Yeager, and he said something unique, and it matches what you said. He said the fixed mindset refers to the belief that the intellectual ability is a fixed quality. It leads students to feel that intellectual struggle is a sign that you lack ability. A growth mindset is the belief that intellectual ability can grow and be developed. And I appreciate you saying that because in sales, it is indeed emotional business. It is very emotional. You can say, hey, I made 100 calls. I had just a breakthrough. I'm doing great. And then after another 50, 60 calls, you're like, why am I in this profession? Why am I doing this? It is very difficult. It is one of, why do I want to do this? And it comes back to the mindset. So what is your best advice that you've received when it comes to your profession and selling and mindset? How have you received and how are you helping other people when it comes to this? I just need more at-bats when it comes to sales. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. That was a, I, lo- I love your uh, analogy, Danny, for baseball. I'm a baseball fan as well. Unfortunately, Yankees fan, it was a tough year for us watching that. Um, so much of what we go into in life is based on the expectations we have coming in of what we think about and what we hear about it. And with sales, they did a survey of people. And I don't know if there's a name for it, but you have like a word association. So if I say a word, you think of the first word that comes to mind. If I say the word hot dog and somebody quickly says ketchup, they associate hot dogs and ketchup yeah. together. They ask people the word sales, and then what's the first word that comes to mind with people? And so many of them are negative, slimy, sleazy, aggressive, pushy. And the prototypical salesperson is the used car salesman. He's wearing his, he's wearing his 
uh, suit jacket with the with the elbow patches. Maybe he has a bow tie. His hair is is combed over, and essentially he's selling you bad a bad product because he's really he's convincing you that nobody else bought it. He's lying to you. He's saying, yeah, this car was driven twice a week by an old lady. She 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 just drove it to get groceries. It's a perfect car. It's great. It's really good for telling you it's what you need. And you drive the car off the lot and the car falls apart. That's the prototypical sales story. I'm not saying it happens, but that's the perception we have of what the job is. So number one is we come in with this belief that sales is a bad profession. You're not a good person because you're in sales and your job is essentially a form of manipulation of trying to get people to do things that they otherwise wouldn't do. Hey, he sells ice to Eskimos. He's a good salesman. No, he's not. <laughs> Who told you that? Why were we thinking that a person selling ice to Eskimo was a good salesperson? He's a terrible person. He's manipulating somebody to buy something he doesn't need. So when we're coming and we're coaching people and they have that belief of what you're supposed to do, then guess what? You're not doing the right job. So ABC is a famous saying in sales, always be closing. So the salesperson telling his manager is telling him, your job and the only way I care about your performance is the metric you're graded in is how many deals are closing. His incentive is it is only to get money. He doesn't actually care about selling the right product to the right person. And Jewish, you guys are not. So imagine like if you're trying to sell me a New Testament, what are we doing? It's not the right product. And that's okay because guess what? There's a lot of people out there who would love to buy a New Testament. So the mindset is always going to be, there's, you have to like what you're selling. You actually have to believe in your product. Yep. So DSV Leadership Group is a really good product. It's not for everybody. And it shouldn't be for everybody. Is there enough of a market out there? Do you believe in what you're selling? So if you're working for a company that has horrendous customer service, and you kind of know that, but you guess what? You're the cheapest out there. So if the person cares about price more than anything, then that's a great sell, is it? But imagine you're in a sales meeting. And the person says to you, you know what, Michael, the most important thing to me is customer service. And you go, oh, we're fantastic at customer service. Then guess what? You just failed at your job. You may have gotten the deal closed, but that wasn't your job because now you're coming home and you're and in your mind, you've sold something for somebody who doesn't want your product. And that's never going to be successful in the long term. So coaching means it's got to all align together. Believe in what you're selling and make sure that you're only selling it to the people who actually need it. Michael, this is David, and I agree with that, and I appreciate so much the point of you've got to believe in what you're selling. you got to know that what you're doing is helping the people, the organizations that you're going after, and it's important to understand what their goals are. Like you mentioned earlier, if I don't really understand your needs, your goals, there's no way I should be selling you something, right? Now, I will kind of push back a little bit because you know my background as a minister is that I have texts literature books from all different religions and and it's important to be able to be well-rounded and well-studied that's the way i look at it so yeah you would want a new testament in your in your library but um i want to i want to mention this yeah, like... michael because <laughs> you brought up something that made me think about the sales world and how so many sales managers sales leaders will push this thing out it behavior 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 and and so you got this sense of is it the attitude and the mindset you're trying to go after as a sales leader, or are you just looking for the behavior? Because the behavior doesn't necessarily equate to success. It doesn't necessarily equate to closing more deals. I believe it's the mindset and the attitude you need to have towards the behavior that you do. Okay. And I think that's why it's so important. And for the people that love sales and people that understand the world of sales, 
the people that look at their lifestyle, they say, hey, it's it's not just what I do as a job. It's my lifestyle. It's my thought process. It's the ability to say I'm focused and I'm disciplined. That's what it is for these guys. So when it comes to selling, when you look at these sales leaders, Michael, let me ask you this. How often do you get pushback that it's too hard, it's too challenging because they have that mindset that they're only looking at the short-term goal, then I look at the long-term gain. And what do you do to help them overcome that mindset? Great question, David. So we have, when we're talking to sales managers, and there is a difference between who we're talking to. So we're talking to a manager whose job it is to get the best out of his, his staff. Then the thing that the advice that we always give them, they're, they're different people and sales needs to be authentic. Selling is your authentic self. If you're a person who likes to make jokes and you're easier, then use that to your advantage. And we can really craft a good sales manager, crafts his sales um, staff around their authentic personalities. Because when we're authentic, we're better at our job. When we're reading a script, we're not. So that's number one. And we talk about the mindset is people think that I am not a natural salesperson. You know, like my brother, he would go to school and he'd sell candy. He'd sell, he'd sell 12 soda for a dollar. He'd sell candy. He'd make money. And I was like, I can't ever sell. Right? I'm not a, I'm not a salesperson. My brother, oh, he's like, he's, he's a salesperson. And there's a book out there highly recommended by Daniel Pink called To Sell This Human. Mm-hmm. And he says that the conventional wisdom is that the more extroverted one person is, the better they are at sales and the more introverted they are, the worse they are at sales. Hence, if you look at the scale, it'd be a sliding scale between introversion, extroversion and success or failure at sales. And he says, it's just not true. Well, not completely true because while some people who are extremely introverted are very poor at talking to people, the best salespeople are not the nines and tens on the scale, but the fours through sixes, the ones who are great at listening and the ones who are great at talking. So when I read when I read that, it's a mind shift for me because my whole life I've told myself I'm just not a natural person. I'm not either you you have it or you don't, and it's just not true. It's more of an art, and it's a learnable skill. We come back to the mindset. Then either you have it or you don't. So if somebody comes into the office and says, "Well, I guess I'm not a salesperson," fixed mindset. That's not true. You're a seven on the scale. You're fantastic. You have the talent. Most of the people can do what you can do. It's just a matter of working through it. So do you believe that you can actually get better at this? Or are you just already given up and said, well, I'm not a salesperson, so what am I going to do? I love that. This is Danny. It is that mindset. It's about taking your craft and perfecting it. It's always about exercising that muscle, always learning, always reading. And one of the things that David and I love to do is we always love to read a lot of books. There's a lot of great practices yeah. out there. There are a lot of great people mm-hmm. in order to continue to add to our craft. And that, I think, leads me to this next part of my question. There's always this 80-20 rule. And everyone knows about it. 80-20 applies to marketing. 80-20 applies to sales. 80-20 applies to your revenue. But this 80-20 rule where 80% of revenue is brought in by 20% of the sales reps. When I think about that, as a sales leader, you cannot disregard the other 80%. So what can we do to help this 80% become productive, to bring in more revenue? Is it really that mindset that you just talked about when they might they say in their minds, well, I just can't do this, or I'm just not good at it. What can we do to help out the other 80%? What are your thoughts on that, Michael? 
What a great question, Dan. We can never help everybody, mm. right? The expectation of everybody is going to be super successful is not realistic. Um, and yeah, with most businesses, you're 100% right. It is the superstars in the top. And then it's the at leasters who are just kind of barely making commission. Um, so when we come into an organization, we do have an A, B, and C letter grade, so to speak, from the sales managers. These are the A's, these are the B's, and these are the C's. Some of the time is that, and this will go into a lot of the conversations we're going to have is that, why are we doing this? Are you doing this because you just need a job? You spend 25 years working in, I don't know, you're working in an AR clerk and at care first, and now you just needed a job and this is the first one that came available. Or is this something you wanted to go into? Right? So if somebody just goes into this because, you know what, I just needed a change of career. Um, go when I was working in a different firm, we were trying to ramp up our sales. And I wanted to hire a few sales reps to do part-time work. And we ended up hiring two teachers. And the reason our, our, our premise was they're great communicators. They're comfortable talking to people. They're good at explaining things. This should be a great hit. And they were really, they're, they're well-spoken, the good vocabulary, everything that you think the boxes were checked, but they were not successful at all. Mm. And part of it was, the expectation coming in of what we think is going to happen. A lot of times we go into our job interviews and the sale, the hiring manager is extolling the virtues. Oh my gosh, the winners get go to go to Bermuda and you can make $185,000 your first year. And the top performers are driving BMWs and Lexuses and it's just going to be great. And each time you, you close a sale, you're going to get a $25,000 commission. Oh my God, it's amazing. So these people are coming in with a very, very skewed version of what is actually going to happen. Instead of focusing on what it's going to take to get there, it's focusing on the 1% of people who are succeeding at it. And if they're not hitting that number, well, I'm a failure. And if I'm a failure, it snowballs down to make things even worse. Michael, this is David. And I think what you are sharing brings up a couple of thoughts to me here. And Dan touched on this. You touched on this. It's, it's that 2080, we look at this phrase or this coin adage of being a sales wolf, right? That's that sales leader that has the capacity, the experience, the drive. They're the quote unquote Michael Jordan of the sales team. They, they're going to win no matter what it takes. They'll figure yeah. it out. And right. you, you mentioned that. But I also think it behooves us to look at bringing in mentors, bringing in people that can guide us, people that can help us, that there's nothing in it for them other than knowing that the joy of this craft, the art of this thing we call sales is being brought into helping someone else achieve that. I, I think that's important. We should have more mentors. And maybe that might be my question to ask you about mentorship. But I, but I want to piggyback on something you said earlier. You talked about understanding your customer. Yeah. Why would you want to sell ice to an Eskimo? Why did we somehow glamorize that and think that's the greatest thing ever? Because we don't realize that perhaps they don't know how to make ice and we don't want to just take ice from outside. Okay, whatever. But the truth of the matter is you got to understand your customer. You got to know their goals. So what have been some of the things that you've done in terms of training, in terms of coaching? What have you brought into your toolbox as a way to dig deep to understanding your client? Because 
it's easy to just go in there and say, buy this widget. When in reality, if you sell them the right thing, you might end up making them customers for life and they become your best referral sources. So why is it so important to understand your customer and how do you go about doing that? Sometimes the best customers, and I've had referrals from people who we did not end up selling to. One of the things that we want to tell people all the time is getting a no is a successful call. If we got a no because it really wasn't a good fit, then not only did we save a lot of time, but we got the right answer. If one of the, sometimes it almost feels like the engagement between a salesperson and a customer is like a battle of wits and who's going to fold first. So people are naturally guarded when a salesperson calls us on the phone. Hey, do you want a new couch? No, 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 stop. Like get away from me, right? So we call these salespeople with like trepidation and almost like we're engaged in a battle of, okay, I want to get my information from you. You want to get a sale from me. We do not, our values are not currently aligned. If I like what I hear, fine, I'll let you in. But other than that, I'm very guarded. And that conversation is not great. It's not productive. And a good salesperson turns that conversation from a battle to a real conversation between no different than a conversation that me and David would have. Sorry, Dan. You're invited too. But a real conversation between two people who just want to talk and understand each other, that's unfortunately lacking in society, but it's a real thing. So how does a salesperson go from an opponent to being a, um, an ally? And the first way to do it and the best way to do it is to 100% be okay with a no and letting them know very early on that, hey, David, just be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. About three out of every phone calls that I have ended a no. It means people do not want to end up with our product. And that's a lot of reasons. One is it might be too expensive. Two, it might not be the right time. Or three, another, a whole bunch of other reasons. And that's totally fine. If it's a no, we're still friends. Our goal is to see, is it going to, be, is it going to fit into a no? Or is it going to fit into a yes? And they're both 100% okay. When you get the no out there at the very beginning, the conversation shifts because, oh, they're not just trying to sell me something. They're not just here to get a sale. They're just here to see if it's a good fit and we can relax. And once we can have a relaxed conversation, everything shifts. Because even if it's a no, but it was productive, we don't feel rejected as a salesperson. We feel like, okay, it was a no. Great. I'm okay with that. We're all okay with that. Let's go on to the next one. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. 
thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Mike, this is David. And, and what I really appreciate here is you set the stage in your conversations with p- prospects and potential clients here. You've set the stage by saying, it's okay to say no. You put the expectation out there. This might be a fit for you, may not be a fit for you. I may be a solution for you. I may not be the solution for you, but it's okay to set that up front. And I love that you do that. And speaking of mindset and welcoming a no, let's be honest. Most of us don't like being rejected or the feeling of rejection. If you have the right mindset, you accept it and welcome it because now you realize you're not going to waste your time. You're not going to keep spitting out proposal after proposal after proposal when it's not going to go nowhere. You're not going to find dead end after dead end after dead end when you're going to be able to get your time back. You're going to get your peace of mind. You're going to be able to get the understanding that, hey, they may not be ready now, or this may not be the right fit. Great. Move on to the person who might want what I'm doing or who might need what I'm doing because I'm providing a solution, a service that's going to support their business, that's going to help their organization. So it's important to establish that. But let me ask you this. What if you believe in your heart of hearts, not because you're trying to hit your quota, but because that prospect really could benefit from what you're providing. If you believe that, you've done your research, you understand their needs, they've told you all their pain points, they've told you their budget, they've told you all these different things. How do you respond to, at that point, an objection? How do you respond to them perhaps not seeing the value of what you're bringing in? Are there any strategies that you would implement at that time to handle an objection? That's a really good question, David. And I, I don't mean to be patronizing because the questions are all good, but that's a good one because you're right. Everything, there's no reason they should have said no to us. I am the perfect fit for them. They need my services over here. Why are they saying no? Why am I being rejected over here? So there is a tool needed because you're right. It really can. And I've been a victim to that as well many times. We have to tell ourselves things that are true. And it happens with our kids. It happens with our spouses and our friends. It's we cannot control the outcome of everything in life. We just can't. At the end of the day, we're not the ones making the decision. It's not our decision to make. And sometimes it's going to be a no, not because it's a good fit, but just because they said no. So it's not going to take away this thing, but it's not. it was never in our control to begin with. So the, the illusion of everything's in my control if I do everything right is just not true. We can... We can have a run a perfect sales call and still have a no. Our process is very important because if we trust our process, then what's going to happen is there's going to be some no's and there's going to be the yeses that are going to come. So we need to make sure that we have a process in place. And the process is going to be that if we do the activities and the exercises that we need to do, the ending result is going to be very successful for us. So yeah, it's not going to help in the immediate term. We're going to be bummed out. And by the way, it's okay to get bummed out when we lost a deal. That's fine. Acknowledge it, own it, and say, that sucked. I really wanted to work with that client. But now we have to move on to the next one. So this is Danny. I want to bring this up real quick because you've talked about it many times. And I like to tell people, as you said, it's okay to get a no. 
I like to tell people, get to know as fast as possible. We know that many baseball players, if their team is doing well, they're going to get a lot of opportunities to get up to the plate to bat. And if you have your batting stance and you have your mindset, don't even worry about the last time you, you hit a foul ball or you struck out. That next one could be a grand slam and a new contract for $50 million or $60 million a year, right? We, these players are getting $250 million contracts. It's crazy. Amazing. But that's yeah. the same thing in sales. It's the mindset. And I tell people, get to know as fast as possible. During your discovery call, get to the know as fast as possible. And I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's a bummer. You might want to work with that client. I love that logo. I love the brand. I love the name. But it's just not a right fit. And so get to the know as fast as possible. That's great suggestion, great advice. Uh, mindset is something that my company does at App Meetup. We do this with every client. We don't just do corporate training. We do mindset training, coaching to make sure that what we train and teach on is put into practice right away and with the right attitude. And it, we make sure it becomes a habit because the great thing about Atomic Half is you do 1% growth every day. Man, that's a, it's, a, it's phenomenal, the growth you have at the end of 365 days. We also understand mindset is very important. It's essential to sell success. It's essential to all the success you have at your company, whether you do marketing, accounting. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to have a great growth mindset. Let me ask you this one question. Why is believing that you as one individual in a big company can make a difference. Why is that, that so fundamental in achieving and finding success? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's important that we don't all have to be world-saving doctors to believe that we're doing good in the world. I, I've sold accounting services. I've sold credit card processing. And we can tell her the story we tell ourselves about what we're doing is very important because I don't know how people work in a job that they don't actually they're not very proud of so if somebody's selling things to people who don't want them like timeshares and i apologize for anybody listening who sells timeshares but i don't see a value in selling them but the story that they tell themselves is well we're giving people a beautiful home one one week in a year that they can use every year for the rest of their life that's great and if that works for you then we're, we're good at it but if we don't believe in what we're doing then what creates our mind is a, our mind, we, we want to like ourselves. We want to like what we're doing and we want to like who we are. So if we're doing something that's the opposite of what we believe, we create a cognitive dissonance in ourselves and we're going to have burnout very fast. Michael, this is David. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's so true <clears throat> that we can't get burnt out if we're not enjoying what we're doing. If we're not believing that we're driven by a passion to help people to become that solution, become that resource, to provide that for them, it can be challenging. And I'm glad that we're not gonna go up and down in this roller coaster called sales. We're actually gonna embrace it. We're gonna have the right mindset. We're gonna believe in what we're doing because that belief is gonna help us to ultimately come to that path where we live a life where we believe in the success that we're gonna have. Michael, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. If you are listening today and you love this podcast, you love what we're doing with our guests, know that this happens because of your support. I want people to be able to follow up with Michael and to look at what he's doing. If you're interested in Michael and his work, visit salestherapy.co and that'll be a way to contact Michael, understand what he's doing, find out about his coaching and his strategies on mindset. 
You could also go to Amazon and look for his book. He wrote a book with uh, one of his friends and it's entitled Growing by Knowing, Growing Your Business by Knowing Your Numbers. It's so important to know the numbers of your organization, to know the numbers of your business. And for every sales leader out there that finds great success, they find success because they know their numbers. They find success because they're disciplined. They find success because they're focused on solving and bringing solutions to the people that they serve. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us and that we all have to have a great mindset if we're gonna experience great success. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much, David and Danny. It's um, a pleasure to be on and we'd love to do it again sometime. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.